0: The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Up. Maggie, no. Was that the dog?
1: Oh.
0: She's uh hurt her back. Oh, she's a uh, she's a dachshund and hurt her back, like probably from jumping up and down off of beds and couches and stuff like that. Yep. She had to take her to the vet, and uh, so it's oh. like, oh yeah, she probably got a uh, not dislocated, but kind of enlarged disc or something like that like her her back is probably not doing well and so i was like give her any inflammatories and make sure she keeps it easy and stuff and right she was she started to feel better and i was like okay cool now i can be crazy and mm-hmm. jumped up yep. on something and hurt her back again and uh, had to take her back and how old is she we don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we uh, we got her from uh when my grandma passed away uh three three, four years ago now. Uh we we got her then because uh my grandma's husband was not going to be up to taking care of the dog okay. at that point. So
1: So you don't know on the older side or on the younger side? Probably older. Okay. She doesn't
0: really have any gray hair or anything yet, which I know like it's dogs so hard start, to but, tell. Yeah.
1: It's like, ah, can't be like a tree. Just cut it in half, and uh, oh, wait, no, that's it. A... <laughs> that's exactly what I've said. That's exactly what I've said a hundred times. Like, I just want to see the rings. Like, let <laughs> let's see how old how old are they? Can can it happen with like uh, I don't know? <laughs> uh, is something something within their inner ear or something mm-hmm. where you could just look and be like? Hey, uh, yep, that's, that's a 13-year-old right there. They have a uh, wrinkled ear. Whoa!
0: Welcome to Season 7, Episode 1 of the Better Band Podcast. An all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Paloma. Each episode, a different guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, single, and B-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band welcome back to the better band podcast this is brandon and we are starting the album riot act with randy over here sobel from live on four legs podcast hello randy
1: It feels weird to be the over there person. I've never been the over there. I've I've usually been the the over here. No, you're still over here. I'm still but but usually but the host is over here and the 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 guest is or co-host is over there. I I don't know. I don't make the rules for a better band podcast, but it's it's a pleasure to be back, sir. Thank you for having me back. Oh, no problem. You're here on the podcast see That's you're on true. my
0: podcast. you're here on my podcast there we go there we, we tied it all together we got we it. it yeah
1: we figured it out i, I bet you you know some of the, the isms that i use in our show i bet you nobody has no i any idea where they came from probably two or three people like okay i pick up i pick up on these things but the hey everybody now is from they might be giants um f- do you know fingertips do you know what the fingertips thing was with they might be giants oh no okay so on one of their albums they p- put out a song called fingertips that had like 19 parts to it and they were all about 7 to 10 seconds long mm-hmm And it was because at the time when CDs were out and CDs were popular, people were putting songs on shuffle. So they wanted to kind of have their regular songs and in between these regular songs would be these weird like 10 second like random just kind of jingles. And one of the jingles is this female voice that's singing, hey now everybody now, hey now everybody, hey now, hey everybody now. And that's where I got that from. Hey now everybody. Over here, over there, is from a New York sports radio host named Steve the Schmooze Summers, and he <laughs> begins every broadcast by saying, Steve Summers over here, you there, like and that's where I got that from. New York City. Steve Summers here, you there. So Damn, I'm not a little peek I'm, behind the curtain. I'm not very creative. I, I steal from others, but it, it's more, it's its not a steal. This is just a tribute. Yeah, there you go.
0: And that, of course, is uh, referencing the uh, Tenacious D uh, tribute song, song called Tribute, right?
1: Oh, what? No, oh. I, I made it up myself. Oh. oh, okay. I don't know what you're talking No, it's, <laughs> yes, it's just a tribute. Let's see. So
0: we're breaking off. Another album? Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. That
1: doesn't, that's, that's breaking off a piece of that album bar. Yeah, that, I think a bar, bar, 12 bar blues bar. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we are here beginning the record. We're putting the needle on this uh, this season. Can't keep opens the album. You, there's like a little beep or something like that at the beginning, right? you just like a boop.
1: Yes. And that threw me off especially going back today because I think when not paying attention to it too closely, when listening to it on a vinyl or, or wherever else, uh, I think you can just, again, like just kind of blink and, and miss it. But there's something after that beep that sounds like Ed is singing something or saying something. I cannot tell for the life of me what it is. Were you, you were were you be able to hear that? No,
0: I, I would. I didn't have it turned up loud enough, I guess, to hear that.
1: Oh yeah, it, it's very, very subtle. And I was trying to see: is it another song? Is it like a cover of of a song that maybe they were just screwing around in the studio beforehand? And uh, it is not not enough evidence. Did not come up. the The Live on Four Legs Detective Agency has has made strides to uncover the amazing mysteries of the band, and that is that is an inconclusive case right there.
0: Damn it no no leads (laughs) another cold case
1: (laughs) which is funny because um you know the album songs for the deaf Mm -hmm. by queens of the stone age you know how it starts the whole concept of like the radio thing going through and and basically the whole entire album is flipping through the stations and getting a different dj each time there's a song that's like the first song that they they scrubbed to to in the station and i've been trying to find Mm -hmm. what that song was and i keep meaning to ask a couple people that might know the answer to that but it's this little thing you're gonna do what's good for you and i'm like that's that's something that can't just not be something that's not something they randomly did in the studio just for this purpose that's probably like a b-side or something like that it has to be
0: Is there a 33 and a third on uh, about that
1: album? Not There's that I be, know right? of. Not that I oh, know really? of. But if they're looking for a writer, wouldn't mind. That one I wouldn't mind. <laughs> it's also, it's kind of playing off of just their history of not cleanly opening an album mm-hmm. with just getting right into the song. It's either a da in it. Or, uh, you know, like the kind of the tuning up thing before last exit or mm-hmm. just a whole entire jam like go or master slave.
0: Yeah, there's uh, it's let's see. So, OK, let's start off. We got the We got the little beep. Uh, Ed wrote this song, I guess, on ukulele. It's a uh, ukulele tuning. I guess uh, one of the, uh, the main guitar is or something. Uh, it was first played by the band at the first of the two showbox shows on December 5th, 2002. Of course, the next night, December 6th is the DVD for Live at the Showbox. Are you are, do you guys are, are you gonna get to the uh, the show those 2002 showbox shows do you think by the end of the year or Maybe? Oh, well, there you, there you well, go. Well, you know,
1: our, you know the, the the series that we're doing this year, right?
0: Yeah, the Seattle series.
1: The Seattle series. I think they kind of fit, fit in quite nicely into that and maybe more quite nicely somewhere specific that I have in the schedule right now, kind of going out of chronology order. But we shall see. I, I'm not giving away all the secrets here. However, you mentioned it's the first performance by the band. The first performance performance was with, uh, at the show with Beck, where Ed busted this out solo ukulele before Riot Act comes out. This is like February of 2002.
0: Yeah, February 26th, the concert for artist rights at the
1: Wiltern in LA. Mm hmm. And that would later become a release, which I would love to get my hands on that if that's available. I'm sure there's a CD available for, of it somewhere. But also that night, debuting in the public eye for the first time is Thumbing My Way. What about
0: I Am Mine?
1: I Am Mine, not debuting for the first time in the public eye. Oh, okay. Because that was Bridge School. Oh, okay. The A couple of months before yeah, yeah, Bridge yeah. School, 2001. Then there are other songs, Sleepless Nights, You're True... I exited out of the window, so I had the whole list. But, uh, you know, some of those that became more popular ukulele songs. And and I think some of those that ended up on Ed's ukulele record as well.
0: Yeah, Sleepless Nights was the uh, song that he did with Beck that is on the 2002
1: Christmas single. Correct. And I believe that is an Everly Brothers song, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Talk about it uh, towards the end of the the season before we uh, wrap
1: it all up. Not too bad. So yeah, so the song had a little bit of history before making the Riot Act album, which is nothing new for them.
0: Yeah, at the uh, at that uh, December fifth show, I think that you can hear if you listen to the bootleg of it. They open up that show with it. This this song in its in its history has mostly been an opener. Yeah, but the, you hear people singing along to it already, or at least in the in the version of it that I
1: heard. It's like, what? There's people who already know the lyrics. Yeah, I, I, Riot Act came out, I think, in November, if I'm oh, not yeah, you're mistaken. Oh, yeah, you right. Crap. Yeah, I, th- I think... Okay, that it, makes <laughs> sense. I think it came out... It was, it was, it's one of those things where I, I always think that Vitalogy came out in December and Riot Act came out in December when they both came out in this weird part of November, and I actually remember buying Riot Act. The day I bought Riot Act was on Black Friday that year, yeah. Black Friday of 2002.
0: Yeah, cause yeah, it was right around Thanksgiving. As as I said in the previous episode, uh, t- uh, to uh, open this uh, the season, because I uh, already did that.
1: Yeah. Cause that's already been yeah, recorded. Yeah, cause right? I <laughs> do
0: everything in order. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, we love our linear podcasts with with nothing as it seems coming before light years. Well,
0: that was just that whatever. was a mistake on my part. That was if if it weren't for that, it would have been. Oh man, it would have been sweet. Uh, this one, we we uh, we'll see. Well, I'll still have a break in the middle. Uh, put in some random songs in there. Some put in some of the fan club stuff. But that's behind the scenes stuff. That's seeing how the sausage is made. We're here to talk about not podcasts, but this this Pearl Jam song here. Starting off the uh, the album, it is sort of like uh the drums sound to me kinda like a kind of shuffle, sort of uh maybe like old school country-ish skiffle something kinda.
1: like he's playing with brushes instead of sticks
0: yeah you could really hear the uh, the snares on the bottom too, uh, on the uh under the drum just really sh- shaking all the hell which is, which gives it a cool sound
1: yeah this is definitely out of everybody in the band this is a Cameron standout I've, I've always felt and kind of what makes the song and I don't know for the ukulele song I, I think it's it's okay for what it is but when you bring in that aspect to it and the drums kind of pop out at you It's something something a little different, and I think it kind of brings to the emotion. You bring in the acoustic guitar in there as well, and then Mike is kind of doing a couple effects uh, in throughout the song. Uh, Makes it a little bit more interesting than just a straight-up ukulele version, which, again, the ukulele version isn't bad, but, you know, I I like the added elements. I like to see what they can do with something once it's already a finished product. How can they turn it into a, a different beast?
0: Yeah, the ukulele version is a little bit faster. It sounds like more manic. Yep. Uh, this one's uh, a little bit more languid, and it, it has room for, like you're saying, like all the layers, the organ, and the there's lots of guitars in there, and e-bows and stuff, and and different effects that really get to uh, move around in the space in the song. That it's slowed down on this album version, this uh, version from the band. And then shall I live? Like an
1: ocean in the sky As far as the song goes and kind of opening the album, and and this is always something that I kind of questioned along the lines of the way that the album is is sort of what became part of it and what didn't become part of it, like 15 songs that are on it, and three that are very, very, very good that didn't make the record in Down, Mm -hmm. Other Side, and Undone that could have perceivably made the record. I've always had this the stance of "Help, Help" probably shouldn't have made the record. However, I've been on a kick with that song lately, and I'm like, you know what? This should be played live more often because this can mm-hmm. this can get really good. It's a really intense song, and I think it gets overlooked a lot in uh, from this era. But to choose that, it's kind of it, it's weird. It, like, it doesn't feel like you're setting the tone. However, you are because. I didn't make a pun. (laughs) I promise that wasn't a pun. Uh, But there are songs that are just kind of in in between. I, that could be another pun um, <laughs> There are songs that are kind of in between These like sort of rockers And and sort of jam songs like uh, Save You And you can put Get Right Into That Category and Green Disease Into That Category Like the songs that kind of weave in And out of them are a little bit more Contemplative and a little bit more Mature than Their previous attempts on their Records and it, it kind of It balances itself out, but it's also, it can get towards the end, I guess, a little bit clunky. You kind of lose a little of what should be a standout in Half Full being the 12th or 13th song off the album. That's that's always an album that I can't remember. Like, if you put this out not in sequential order, I wouldn't blame you because I, I can never remember how it ends. I don't remember where Get Right is. I don't remember where Help Help is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bush Leaguer, like, those songs are all kind of scrambled at the end there. But, like, the question is always what are you what are you building to in the albums and I, I think you kind of end up building to these songs that are a little bit more contemplative and are a little bit more mid-tempo uh love bow captain i am mine thumbing my way and then even later in the album are you building to arc that's a good question i don't know i don't really know the answer to that but like it fits within the theme
0: yeah, the um, this album seems very split to me. The 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 first half of it, up until uh uh from Can't Keep to Get Right, is very sounds very personal. Those are like very personal songs. Those are you know songs about people or you know just whatever. And then after Green Disease through the end of the album, they are very political. Yes, I think.
1: Yeah, I th- I think you're absolutely right about that.
0: And so trying to think of, uh, I mean, this, this song specifically, I mean, sounds very personal. I guess you could say, you know, it's, it's a lot of eyes and it's very sort of a uh, first person centered. And I I'm just kind of wondering what it means, man.
1: <laughs> this is a deep one. This is, yeah. Yeah, uh, this is really tough to crack the code on and you know, I don't like doing this, but the, for this occasion, I did go and search, you know, the just the generic uh, forum stuff on what song meanings are for this song. And you just, I didn't get too much out of it that I thought was useful. Mm-hmm. I think most people, their go-to for this, like anything else, is, is very black and white. And the song isn't black and white. No, yeah. And like people are just saying, oh, it it it's it's about suicide. It's about wanting to leave the world and and wanting to to kind of have an out of body experience and 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 not uh and put everything behind you. I I think it's it's more than that. It's I think it's kind of about a few different things. Mm-hmm. The one that is so. The, the the line that's so telling to me is I've lived all this life like an ocean in disguise, and that can be broken down in so many different ways. And it could either be like, you know, your problems or your life is out there. And this could be very personal to Ed because that, that that's very much that. And it's out there for everybody to see. So anything that you try to hide or that you try to keep to yourself, everybody's going to know about it every everybody's in tune with what you're doing so you know maybe it's on kind of a, a less of a grander scale than it just being about ed but sort of i guess people kind of seeing things and seeing people for for who they are and what they are i think that's an interesting little t- what what do you what do you think about that whole idea what do you think of that line
0: well, that specific with that specific line, I think that uh, the, the there's the saying "still waters run, run deep." That it's sort of, okay, you have the surface of the ocean and then you have, you know, the depths of it. You have everything underneath that you can't really, you don't know what's in there until you go down into it. So I think that, you know, like an ocean in disguise is kind of like, well, it looks like one thing on the surface and then it's this whole other thing below the surface. Hmm. And so it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's, uh, you think you know me, but you know, there's all this, this stuff underneath.
1: I didn't, I didn't even think about it in those terms. I, I, I kind of thought like an ocean in disguise, it's like an ocean is so big that you can't miss it. If you're staring directly at it, you can't miss it. I was thinking more along that term, but I, I think you're, I think you kind of have more of a, uh, a direct c- correlation to, to what he's trying to get out here.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it to me like it, it because the the course of the song or you know the the motif of it you know you can't keep me here so the first question is who is you and the second question is where is here i think when when you get to that
1: yeah i think it could be the where is interesting because it could just be a situation of wanting to be either somebody else or wanting, because the first line, I want to shake, I want to wind out, I want to leave this mind and shout. That means you want to, like, be out of your own situation. Mm-hmm. You want to experience something else. You want to create a whole new life for yourself. That's how I'm I'm seeing that. Like, you don't want to be in the situation that you're in because you're either hurt by it or you've just had enough of it. And I think that I read one time that, uh, and it's very obvious that a couple of the songs off Ride Act are are related to what happened at Roskilde, but I thought I had read that Can't Keep had some connection to it. Mm -hmm. And this could be sort of a reaction to what happened there and maybe how he was feeling and, and like having this sort of weight that was on his shoulders because of that even did was any of it their fault no but they take the brunt of it and they feel extremely responsible for it and, and they have to then you know sit with the nine families and and uh and grieve with them and it's a whole process especially afterwards they were i i, I think like uh, the the denmark coalition or festival coalition or something like that squarely placed the blame on them Mm -hmm. and said that because their show was such a a ruckus show that they were the blame for inciting that and obviously they're going to deflect blame and not put blame on themselves but it's still uh, that that is a lot to for some for one human being to digest whether you're a public figure or not to feel like you're responsible for something like that, I, I understand where he's coming from with the, these lyrics. You want to live another life, not being the one that you're living in now because the one that you're living in now is obviously hurting you and it has potential to hurt others as well.
0: Do you think, now you just, because you said you were talking about being responsible, do you think that there's some sort of dichotomy With this album coming out, and it's after Ross killed, and how true it is, or whatever, but you know, Pearl Jam feeling responsible for those nine deaths, and then you have the wars going on, and you have all this other death on the Bush administration at that point's uh.
1: Head and 9 11 as well, yeah. And and
0: yeah, yeah, and of course, nine eleven. yeah. I mean, the, the uh, determined to attack being uh, those, those warnings being ignored, uh, as you know, we find out of course later. But I mean, how much responsibility do you have to other people's lives to either throw away or try to take care of? Yeah, I just kind of thought of that, when yeah, you were, when you're saying that,
1: and that's probably why the. F- first half of that record is so introspective and has all and touches up on all of those bases because like I Am Mine is about and it kind of I feel like maybe I Am Mine could be the sister song to Can't Keep where it's like understanding how to accept yourself in the moment and Can't Keep is is Probably having difficulty doing that, mm-hmm. and not taking, not wanting to take the responsibility, and wanting to just sort of. And some of these lyrics are a little bit daunting. I want to race with the sundown. I want a last breath I don't let out like that. You know that has so like you want to relate it to of course death or suicide or the thought of not being here and obviously with the chorus there there is some uh relation to it but i i also think it's kind of we all have these thoughts sometimes that and i guess you call them the uh Oh, what what's the character's name from that Christmas movie? Uh, you know the one.
0: Well, unfortunately, there's uh, a billion Christmas movies. Yeah, but so... you know what I'm talking <laughs>
1: about. You know the one I'm talking about. The one where the guy doesn't want to live anymore, and he gets the angel, and the angel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows uh, him not what a s-
0: miracle. Uh, on 34th Street. You no. Know, uh, uh, son of a bitch. <sighs> uh, something life. This uh, mir- uh It's a hour. wonderful My- life. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful
1: Life, and I can't remember the character's name. Uh, George Bailey. George Bailey, thank you. Yes, it's all coming together now. (laughs) Uh, It's, I guess, kind of like that, where Mm -hmm. you've always sort of wanted to know what the world would be like without you, and maybe in a way it makes you feel better that life would be I don't know I'm I'm struggling with this one. Uh, does it does it make you feel any better that other people are having more difficulty without you being around or is there a weight off of your shoulder knowing that you aren't bearing that burden?
0: Yeah.
1: I think we all tend to have those conversations with ourselves. And it's kind of in times when, when things can can get a little tough, when there's like a situation that you don't necessarily want to deal with. It could be just anything from like, you know, a family member is sick and you're dealing with a family member and you're just like, well, what if I didn't have to, what if I didn't have to go through this pain? What if I didn't have to deal with this? What What would it be like without me? You know what I mean, and I think it's not necessarily a suicidal tendency, a suicidal thought per se, but it's like it's trying to relieve the stress that you're putting yourself under.
0: Yeah, just just a, a thought experiment of existence, I guess. Yeah, it's you know trying to see, trying to see how much how much of a difference you make, how much difference it makes, but also yeah, just not wanting to deal with it, and it's like, well, that's. Maybe not the first thing that comes to mind, but it's you know, it could be one of the things that comes to mind. But also, you know,
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what was going there. It, this is yeah, this was a really, really tough one to decode
0: yeah i I was thinking too it it could be also as easy as this is their last studio album on their contract so hey we're leaving yeah we're we're on our own now i I
1: saw that written that it was this was kind of their goodbye to epic and saying like you can't keep us here uh and you know we we want to be seen as something different and I think at the time, Epic was probably like, you guys are Pearl Jam and you can still make money off of this. Please make us money. But <laughs> Pearl Jam is like, no, we're going to do shit our way because that's you, you. You've dealt with us for 10 years. That's how we do things over here. Mm hmm. I don't know if they would go that deep into that kind of situation, but it can be seen as sort of a double, a double meaning of sorts. I I, I think it's deeper than that, though. I read somewhere that there were Buddhist theories about how the ocean and life are connected. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that had something to do with it, like they're, they've added in I don't want to say religious undertones to their songs before, but, like, definitely stuff like in Pilot and Faithful, they have those sort of overarching ideals. Yeah. This could uh, this could have something to do with it, but I'm not quite sure. You know, you, you keep looking at it. I, I want to rise and say goodnight. I want to take a look on the other side. Well, what is the other side? Mm-hmm. Is the other side... I mortality personally, or is it not?
0: Get a sense that this is a song from the point of view of the earth that this is a sort of env- environmental On song of the <laughs> earth that that it's, you know, I want to shake.
1: You got earthquakes. You know, um, want to wind out as a tornado?
0: Oh, uh, possibly, yeah. Uh, 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 like an ocean, there's oceans all there. I've lived all this life. There's, you know, the earth is, you know, six billion years old or whatever. You um, the,
1: you got the sun, you got the yeah, sun in there. I want to
0: race with the sun down. I want a last breath. I won't let out. You know, there's the the ozone layer, there's, you know, carbon going into the atmosphere The, you know, there's people can't breathe uh i forgive forgive every being you know all, uh, you know you're forgiving the people who are living on you who are destroying you i want to rise say good night take a look on the other side you know the other side of the earth it's you know it's day on one side and it's night on the other side um you know just sort of like a the earth is still going to be here whether there are people on it or yeah. not until the uh the sun expands and uh swallows it whole <laughs> <laughs> We're making all these perfect. Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> I guess you can throw that one right in but, there. I,
0: but uh,
1: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> sit here and, and tell you you're wrong. Like I'm, I'm just not.
0: Oh no. Well, I, I, I. I th- that's kind of like the only one that like comes to mind readily when I listen to this song. But I, I don't like put my full faith and stock in it. It's you know, and, and everybody's gonna have their own thing that this means to them and you know just like all all the songs and everything like that it's just kind of you know when i talk to people and doing these things i try to come up with weird wacky things as as much as i can just thinking of right. the song and sitting with it you want to hear a crazy one wait till i get to a crop duster oh man then we i get way out in there <laughs>
1: You know, I kind of like that. I kind of like that you can, with their music, bring in two different uh, perspectives because there aren't a lot of other songs. If we were doing a podcast breaking down most other bands we would be talking about like one certain situation that made the song what it is and we wouldn't be asking questions we'd be answering them uh this was and and you can do that for pearl jam songs and it's it's good to have a balance between the two i think later later on in their catalog there are a lot more answers being questions being answered instead of just letting the the listener determine for themselves and and certainly early earlier in the record as well something like jeremy they they just tell a story Mm -hmm. you know that that's always been very open they've been open about what it is there's no like really deep-seated meaning to it Uh, it's exactly what they're singing about yeah this is not this is uh, this could literally be anything that you put your mind to to making make sense and most of the songs that i've done with you having be the openers they've been very open to interpretation go was was one that i'm still finding things about that song that i think are relevant to the the situation last exit i think we looked at that in full depth and that one i was i was really happy with the description that i came up with 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 for that sometimes that's another one where you can interpret it a couple different ways mm-hmm. uh brain of jay is pretty set in stone like <laughs> not much not much going on there and and breaker fall i think we kind of had like some sort of a breakthrough in the in the last episode that we did that we didn't realize what spot that we were going to get to with that and we kind of broke down a whole ideal for what was going on at the time in the album that I don't think either of us had really dug into before. Yeah. So uh, having two different perspectives and having multiple different interpretations is good because it doesn't mean that anybody's wrong. And, you know, it it just means that you can kind of get creative with things. If it means something specific to you, then let it mean that. Let Let it sit that way. And I think that they would have to agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think it also, if you have a song where it raises a question or it's just sort of wide open and you're kind of like, what is this? It's possibly, you know, hopefully opening your mind to then, as you go through the album, listen to it and take it all in and try. It's it's making you open to suggestion. It's possibly, you know, just not shutting you off like oh, okay this is what this uh, song's about onto the next song okay this is what this is about you know this is priming you to you know really listen and try to figure out what's going on I guess for the whole rest of the album
1: yeah I, I would I would say that's pretty accurate uh, you know there are songs that are in there that I think have a little bit less of that figuring out interpretation like the the, the whole soap makes you taller thing in ghost like I think that's just sort of a thing but it's mm-hmm. not It doesn't have anything to do with Trying to figure out a deep-seated meaning Between it Um, There are so And and then even something like Like Thumbing My Way It's pretty clear-cut what the song is about However It could be You don't know what the situation is about You know Mm -hmm. what the scenario is But you don't know What happened to get to that point Does that make sense to you? Yeah Kind of same thing with I Am Mine I'm thinking too Like that's maybe why this is a good precursor for I Am Mine. And you can kind of package some of these songs together. I think we've we've packaged a few of them together in the past and found the thread and connections through. So whether or not there is something between the two and, and whether or not it's, it's conscious, at least these things are on their mind and it works within a full spectrum of an album.
0: Yeah. Do you think there's another song that they could have possibly opened this album with?
1: Ah, <sighs> yeah, probably
0: Do you think they could have opened it with ARK?
1: I bet you they wanted to or ARK and the Love Boat Captain would have been something mm. And I think if anything would have been the alternate opener I would say Love Boat Captain would have been the one But where, where do you put a song like Can't Keep if it's not the opener? Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned before, Can't Keep is usually Whenever it shows up at their shows, it's their opener The yeah. numbers here 15 times out of the 25 that they played it have been the opener song, and only four of those times has it been in an encore spot, and... Let's see. Only one time has it been a song from 6 through 10 song position-wise, two times from 11 through 15, and three times from 16 through 20. All the other times have been from 1 to 5. That's four more than they've opened with that's for all your stat nerds out there they've also not played it since 2014 yeah so that also probably goes to the fact of they're not sure really where it goes right now if Keep doesn't open the record i don't know where else it could go i have and i've always put my mind to thinking How I can get those other songs that I mentioned before On the record How do you get some songs that maybe Are of the lesser uh, The lesser valued songs I suppose and not Mm -hmm. not to say I don't like those songs but like ghost and get right to me would be like more b-side ish stuff and i uh, with all apologies to to jeff and matt songs and i'm sure that probably went into those songs being on the record every wanting everybody to get their fair participation there but i think down and other side and even undone definitely underrated undone but Mm -hmm. like down should have Absolutely, and they knew it. They they knew they made a mistake not putting down on the record. Think about Down following I Am Mine somewhere on that record. Like, it takes you, instead of I Am Mine going into thumbing my way, it takes you into another direction and can be more positive instead of, you know, bringing in more of the introspective. And Down is very introspective. Down does kind of fit within the themes of of the record and it is more positive as to maybe can't keep. I wouldn't say that can't keep is negative, but can't keep is definitely more. uh, Fatalistic. If yeah, I guess you could say that. I don't really know how else to describe it. I guess
0: the, 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 the lines are, I don't live forever. You can't keep me here. I won't wait for answers. You can't keep me here. I will live forever. You can't keep me here. Hmm. So it starts, I don't live forever. to me. And then it ends with, I will live forever.
1: Has he come to that realization by the end of the song that no matter where he stands, whether he's alive or if he's dead, like the, the beginning meaning, you know, I won't live forever, I won't be on this earth forever, however my memory will yeah
0: i gotta get out and live on.
1: like yes my 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 people will remember me for who i am whether it's somebody like ed stacher where everybody's gonna remember what he did and you know remember the the person that he was and then everybody is gonna know who he is or it could be some schmo like like you and i where our families will remember who we are and our memories will live on and they'll keep, you know, I, I'm sitting here in my in-laws right right now, you can't walk an inch without seeing somebody's picture on the wall from like the 1950s when they were still alive. Mm-hmm. Like a, an uncle, a, a father, whoever it is, like they're, you know, my in-laws make a really good, do a really good job of making sure that everybody's memories is kept and, and cherished. That's why when you go to weddings and you see these, you know, the table with everybody who has who passed on and, and they show show them uh, their pictures like that's paying respects to the people that have made an impact in your life. And you don't forget those people and you make sure that the the next generation, you know, I'm about to have a kid, I'm about to have a child. So, you know, it would be important for my child to know who my grandparents were, who my wife's grandparents were, and even uh, all four of our parents are living, that they know who our parents Mm -hmm. are when they're alive. And when they are gone, they'll have those memories.
0: Yeah, and then you'll be able to uh, force your kid to uh, listen to hours and hours of your podcast. And uh... I'm curious about that. Do you
1: think your daughter is ever going to go through and listen some of your shows I know she's very young But I have no idea She's what Six Five Six
0: mm-hmm. Six yeah
1: So it'll probably Take her a while Before she She recognizes Like what you do But The minute that She realizes That she can Google your name She'll be able To find it
0: Well <laughs> uh, She'll probably Find that tweet First And then
1: uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh that tweet I remember that tweet Yep mm-hmm. That's the one <laughs> But uh yeah um
0: uh, I, I, I also you know there's you know speaking like families and stuff like that too like um You can't keep me here. You know, people are going to pass on and, you know, you either, you know, move on, children move, move out of your house, you know, people pass away. You know, you can't keep them here. But, you know, as long as you remember them and know their stories and, you know, you, you can live forever, you know, even though you can't keep them here. Right. Whatever, you know?
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's sort of, that sort of ties a bow on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and
0: uh, the Musically, yeah, because, you know, that's half of the song, too, it's uh, music and lyrics Uh, uh, I think that it it really it's nice that it opens itself off or opens itself up, you know, to where there can be some jamming and you know they can kind of experiment a little bit in the uh, in the end as they kind of go off and everything. It, it really, yeah, you know, it is sort of similar to sometimes I think is is the one that people refer this back to because it's kind of the kind of weird slowish opener and it also is sort of pretty straightforward. There's, yeah. you know, it, it, it just kind of ambles on at its own pace and you can kind of if they wanted to live they can kind of go off a little bit at the end and kind of warm up a little bit
1: do you think that the chorus in this song is actually a chorus or do you think it's just an extended verse because there's not really much of a change like there's no there's no bridge in this song at all. It's very basic. It's verse and then I would say like a post verse almost. I I I I that's weird. I'm trying to I don't know if I'm trying to get around saying that there there is a chorus, but there's almost not a chorus. It's a very subtle change. And and do you call a chorus just being one one or two lines? Um,
0: it can be, and, and it's uh. I mean, it can be <laughs> just technically and everything, because I, I think technically, if you're if you're looking for the chorus or whatever, I mean, the change starts at i wanna you know there's that section and then it's after that then it goes into it leads into the course you know i've lived all this life like an ocean in disguise like that's kind of the different section where you would put the course in yeah forgive every being bad feelings it's just me i've lived all these lives it's a wonderful it's been wonderful at night
1: I have to agree though there aren't a lot of songs that they write that don't have bridges no and that's interesting in this and maybe it's the aspect of it being simplified on the ukulele that you can't necessarily do that uh more specific of a breakdown mm-hmm. which is just interesting that it's it's a little bit more verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus and that's why it's yeah, tough it... for me to call it a chorus because it kind of just flows in directly with the verse Almost kind of, kind of, kind of like the ocean. Kind of up and down like the ocean a little bit. Ooh. Where does the ocean begin and the beach end?
0: Well, I guess that's where the water is. But okay, maybe that wasn't a good. You lost me on that one. <laughs> it's like, no, there's totally definitely a saying. line. It's it's right where the water is. It moves, but I mean it's it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on and and, and uh, working this out. We got uh, the whole rest of the album uh, to go, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be wacky. Okay, maybe not. But yeah, there's a couple episodes in here. Then are- yeah, you you got bush league. Oh in yeah, deal. woo. So let's end this. Uh, we asked you in binaural what Pearl Jam means to you. Uh, I think it's time.
1: And I said nothing.
0: <laughs> You'll have to go back no, and listen to it, everybody. Let's find out I don't know if you've, if you've said it on your podcast Probably one of your uh, origin episodes I think you and John did
1: uh, Yeah did one of those, uh,
0: Back earlier last year
1: Yeah we actually There was something that went unpublished That we actually did do a full ranking And this was before Gigaton came out And mm-hmm. somebody lost it Either I lost it or John lost it It did not get saved But it never It was supposed to be a Devo episode And it just never got done so officially, probably not a full run, but I can give it my best shot.
0: Yeah, so let's uh, let's let's hear your your albums rank your album rankings. Uh, All let's right, let's go from the uh, your least favorite to your yeah. So you have to you have to go up. You can't just yeah spoil the okay. surprise like oh this oh, is my favorite. Right. No, well well who cares about who cares about <laughs> listening anymore? Exactly. Shut it yeah. off after that. Casey Kasem
1: <laughs> never started with with number one. That's right, because when the when the numbers get smaller, the hits get bigger. That's not a direct quote, but I wish it was. It's it's, it's somewhere around there. It's <laughs> a
0: it's a, uh, it's a summation.
1: I'll I'll save this. All right, eleven <laughs> lightning bolt is eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm gonna try not to like linger on these. Uh, I I just don't I just don't have too many favorites. I I think it's just kind of a. Uh, it's okay it's fine but like as a record there's no while everything else kind of has a theory and a concept behind it like you have a couple songs that are about the fragility of life but eh, doesn't really connect with let the records play or pendulum eh, maybe pendulum uh like getaway my Father's son like I, they're just kind of Not quite in sync with each other Backspacer would be next Mm -hmm. And I guess it would be kind of chalk On anybody's board to go this direction You know the the early The later albums to, to be early In this list. Backspacer it's I think Backspacer is a really really well Put together album. I just don't Love every song off of it. Yeah Number nine, by default, this is like everything from here on out is like at where it is because it's by default (laughs) and not because, yeah, it just kind of, that's where it's falling. It's Avocado at number nine and I really, really like the record and I I feel like I, I find something new out of it each time. However, what started in my life as me loving the front half of the record turned into now, I love the back half of the record more than I love the front half. So, but it's good because you're kind of, it shows that your taste is kind of changing. But also, it, it takes a while to get to inside job when you have to get through worldwide suicide. And you're just like, ah, I've, I've had it with worldwide suicide. Like, that's just not something, it, it hasn't stayed relevant 15 years later. Uh-huh. Uh, the next... This is really tough. This is where it gets really, really difficult, because you have the next three, and somewhere in the next three are the combination of Riot Act by Gnarl and Gigaton, and I don't know what's where, and I've had such a difficult time in the last year trying to figure that out, and um, the the thing that sucks about Gigaton is that we just haven't had any of it live. Uh Mm-hmm. And once we do, it'll be easier to kind of put that into place and make me find a uh, a position for it. But right now, it's definitely, out of the last four records, it's it's definitely the best. And, you know, I, I'm going to put it before Binaural, but it's very tough for me to put it before Riot Act. Mm-hmm because riot act just has a lot of those staples on riot act I, I are just ones that the era is very important to me so i don't want to put binaural at 8 but there <laughs> it is there you have it it's uh it's it's a, it's a very high eight uh i would say gigaton is 7 Riot Act is six, and that could change. All three of those can change. I think that the bottom three are definitely locks, but these middle three are, are very very tough. Which leaves, of course, you know the the top five are the '90s albums. But number five is probably Ten, mm-hmm. and that could be you know a hot take or or blow some people's minds. But I I, I the more I listen to Ten, the the more I realize that it's like it's not them yet, it's not quite them, like, it's them, of course, but it's not what they would become, And while it's a good hint at that, it's still figuring itself out. And that has to do with band-wise, it has to do with sound-wise, it has to do with everything. Like, the sound still has a lot of that 80s reverb to it and still kind of has that, like, arena rock echo. And I, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot for the last year or so. And uh, that's sort of why 10 has kind of just stayed where it is. But I can't put it under the top five because it it is extremely important. We all know that. Mm -hmm. Four. Versus is four But a very high four <laughs> I love the record that Probably at one point in my life was number one So it's saying a lot about the top three I love the top three so much I really do Yields is pretty much Primarily going to be my number one I think it's their best produced record I think it's one of Brennan O'Brien's Best overall records Of everything that he's done It's just, it's a wonderful listen Mm-hmm then it's between number two and number three with No Code and Vitalogy. A lot of my favorite songs are off both of those records. However, Corduroy and Immortality are, and this is, I guess, where the tiebreaker comes in. Corduroy and Immortality are always in my top five. No Code, who what's... Well, Hail Hail is always near the top. Like, In My Tree keeps creeping up closer and closer, and Present Tense is probably in my top five. Yeah, I, I, I think... I think I enjoy the Vitalogy record just like a hair more, and i, I that's not fair to say, because I, I enjoy them for, for different purposes, but I think I have more of a sentimental attachment to Vitalogy than I do No Code, even though I love both records probably very close to equally, but uh, Vitalogy being two, No Code being uh, number three so there you have it there we have it folks was that excruciating or what (laughs) compared to that excruciating everybody's everybody's on
0: pins and needles like okay i gotta get my (laughs) list i gotta compare we'll see uh if he's canceled or not i don't know (laughs) god are
1: they canceling pearl jam podcasters now i didn't think that that was a thing uh thanks for coming on randy it's always good
0: uh talking pearl jam with
1: you and uh catching up and uh catching up yeah It's always good talking about Pearl Jam with you. And um, for the seventh time, thank you for for inviting me and having me back. And uh, maybe we'll return the favor at some point soon. And where would that favor be returned to? Live on Four Legs Podcast. You can listen to the show on your favorite podcast platforms, especially the ones that you listen to the Better Man Podcast on. That would be the podcast that I am on, that I help create and um, yeah check it on out uh, we cover a different Pearl Jam show each episode and talk about why it's great or why it has relevance to it's history or even why one specific person that might have requested a show why it's important to them so definitely give it a listen if you are interested in that sort of thing if you're not interested in that sort of thing well uh, I don't want to tell you to go to hell but <laughs> <laughs> So I won't, and I'll leave it at that.
0: To each their own.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I, I Look, it's not a podcast for, for everybody. Not everybody. Everybody's podcast isn't a podcast for everybody.
0: That If we all listen to the same thing... Then it's totally fine if you don't like something to not tell somebody that you don't like it.
1: That's true. I don't need to know. Yeah. Maybe I do. Yeah. Sometimes I want to know, but...
0: No, I mean, there's people yeah. out there. I see it all over the times in the internet. It's like, oh, doesn't this suck? It's like... It may be, but I mean, you know, you I wanna, try to, well, I try know. to, let's,
1: let's be positive.
0: Let's share stuff we like. Let's, let's, let's try to make this world better instead of just wallowing in,
1: in negativity, man. Within, <laughs> within Pearl Jam community standards, I feel like the stuff that we do, like podcast wise, like all of the podcasts, I feel like that is very much the positive side of the Pearl Jam community. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Thanks. Say it again, just uh, because I don't know how to end this thing. I just always just say thanks. (laughs) The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email ListenUpReno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from BetterBandPod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you'd like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Randy and as always, this is Brandon saying... Son, there's only one thing punks like that understand. squealing. You're going to have to squeal to every teacher and every grown-up you can find. Coming to me was a good start.